Jesus' beloved, in Jesus' name, amen. It's Mother's Day today. Can we shout for that? Amen. So today as we celebrate Mother's Day, <coughs> I really feel that we need to give them the honor that is due to them. And mothers are somehow in good way. Even if a child is a reject or a rebel, even if a child is a murderer or a gangster or anything, they don't give up. Even if a child is a drug addict, they don't give up. Mothers, we salute you. Amen. And keep on holding on. We know a lot of people in the Bible who were mothers who really saved their families. And your families are dependent on you. Thinking about mothers and looking at the protective instinct that they have. You would find a mother who can't swim. If a child falls into the pool, what will a mother do even if she can't swim? She will jump into the pool. That's an instinct. She wants to save her baby. So I think, mothers, you are so precious and your heart, that instinctive heart that you have. I want to talk about that with our God today. Amen? Amen. And uh, <clears throat> you know most gods, most people in the world, most religions, they've got various gods. You'll find that there is a god for fertility, there is a God for prosperity, there is a God for this, a God for that. We have one God. He's just everything. Amen? So today I want to talk about a God who cares for us like a mother caring for her children. And we are going to take the name El Shaddai as the almighty God, but also a God who cares, I'll explain to you what that El Shaddai means. But I want us to go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 49, verse 14 to 16 in the NLT. And I want you to look at how God think about mothers and how he equates himself with what mothers do. To their children. So as much as we're appreciating our mothers here and saying they are doing all this, they are doing all this, do you know that God also cares for us? Do you know that God also does not give up on us? If you think of a little child, because I want us, so that we may understand this name El Shaddai better, I want you to think of a little helpless child. That child depends, if it's a newborn, that baby depends on the mother for nourishment. The little baby doesn't eat porridge, isn't it? And pop and all the things and meat and all the things you eat. That little baby sucks from the mother's breast. But the mother is also a symbol for protection on that helpless little thing. If you look at the baby day one or two days, helpless. But the mother takes care. Now I want you to go to the book of Isaiah 49, 14 to 16, NLT. Yet Jerusalem says, the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. 
can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. Did you get that? He says, see, I've written your name on the palms of my hands. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls in ruin. Tell your neighbor you are always in God's mind. You are always in God's mind. And God cares for you. Let's go to Psalms 91. Verse 1 to 4, Good News Translation, GNT. Again, look at how God equates himself to you, mothers. To what you do for your children. And Psalms 91, verse 1 to 4, it says, I will do it in the Good News Translation. Whoever goes to the Lord for safety... Whoever remains under the protection of the Almighty can say to him, You are my defender and protector. You are my God. In you I trust. He will keep you safe from all hidden dangers and from all deadly diseases. He will cover you with his wings. You will be safe in his care. His faithfulness will protect and defend you. Now, what I'm telling you about a God who cares, a God who protects, a God who nourishes, who provides and sustains us. His name is El Shaddai. So as we are going to celebrate the mothers today, I want to talk about this El Shaddai that you may understand it better. That he protects us, he covers us. He is the Almighty. So if you look at that word El Shaddai, in most terms in the Bible it's translated Almighty God. Like in Psalms 91 where it says, whoever goes to the Almighty God, meaning he's got all the power. Okay? But the word El Shaddai is not, you can't only define it by all the might. Think of that uh, example I gave you again when I started. Even if you have all the power, but if you can't nature, it still won't help a helpless little one, isn't it? So, the name El Shaddai, we can refer him as the Almighty God, which means he's got all the power. But there's also another interpretation of that Almighty. They call him the overpowerer. You know, like when somebody, when you want to do something or you pronounce something and people say, no, 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 it can't happen that way. You exert your authority, you exert your power to make it happen. That's El Shaddai. So he is the almighty God, but he's also the overpowerer. He makes sure that what he has spoken cannot be opposed. So you do yourself a favor that when God has spoken something, you need to say, yes, sir. We don't question God or come with alternatives because he is El Shaddai. He is the almighty God. Amen? They say that word El Shaddai it also means the all-sufficient one. Amen? He's everything that I need. Amen? 
He is everything. So when we are here today, we've got different needs, isn't it? But to each one of us, he is our El Shaddai. He is almighty. He is the all-sufficient one. He is a God who is more than enough. So, looking at that, I mean, in the Hebrew, they take this Shaddai to come from, there are two common words that they use. There's a word Shaddu, which means a mountain. That's why at that time, the translation of El Shaddai, you will hear them saying, God of the mountain. But there's also the word Shad, S-H-A-D, in Hebrew, which means breast. Okay? So that word Shad, or breast, is a sign to say sustenance or nourishment. Like a mother feeding the baby. Amen. So God cares for us so much. He says, even if a mother forsakes the child, I will never forsake you. Any of you who may feel deserted, any of you who may feel like my family doesn't care, my husband doesn't care, my children don't care, you've got El Shaddai. The God who passionately cares about you, the almighty God, the sustaining God, the God who is more than enough. Can we go to the book of Exodus, chapter 6, verse 1 to 7 in the NLT, New Living Translation, Exodus 6. 1 to 7 NLT, it says, Then the Lord told Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. So I want, when we are reading this now, I want you to understand from the, ex, the explanation I gave you about El Shaddai, the powerful God, but also the God who nourishes, the God who sustains. If you understand him complete like that, and you think about a baby who depends on the mother, I want you to look at this, the scriptures that we're going to read Understand them from that context. Exodus 6, 1 to 7, NLT. Then the Lord told Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. It was the time when the children of Israel were in bondage with King Pharaoh. He says, When he feels the force of my strong hand, that's El Shaddai. That's the overpowering God. He says, When he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let the people go. I told you that El Shaddai is the overpowerer. I told you that El Shaddai, when he has purposed to do something, he will enforce it. And that's your God. So he says, when he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let the people go. In fact, he will force them to leave his land. And God said to Moses, I am Yahweh. The Lord, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty. But I did not reveal my name, Yahweh, to them. And I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promised to give them a land of Canaan where they are living as foreigners. I like it that when God has got a covenant with us, he gives us a promise. 
But when he gives us a promise, he's also El Shaddai, the almighty God who overpowers. The almighty God who enforces his, what he said will happen. As we obey him, as we follow his ways, he cannot be opposed. He says, verse 5, you can be sure that I've heard the groans of the people of Israel who are now slaves to the Egyptians and I'm well aware of my covenant with them. So God hears, God sees what you are going through. And he's aware of the covenant that he has with us. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and I will rescue you. So I'm also saying to you, Jehovah is the Lord. He is El Shaddai. He will free you from your oppression and he will rescue you. Whatever thing that the enemy is oppressing you through, whether it's sickness, whether it's death, or any other thing that he can use, the Lord is your deliverer. Amen. The Lord wants to free us. Verse 7. I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. Amen. Amen. I love our God. And I want you to look at how he revealed himself to, to Abraham. You remember the scripture we read in Exodus 6 now, verse 3. It says, God did not reveal himself to Abraham as Jehovah. He revealed himself to Abraham as El Shaddai. To Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But that was enough because he was more than enough to them already. Because if you can see God as your more than enough God as your all-sufficient God, then you are covered on every angle. So Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 to verse 6. Genesis 17, 1 to 6, NLT. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, what did the Lord say to him? I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. You know, I want you to look at this. I told you that many religions usually have various gods. You will have a god of this, a god of that, a god of that. We've got one god who is everything. So now, when he introduces himself as I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. In other words, even anything that I'm going to tell you, Know that I've got the power to make it come to pass. Amen. Amen. So if he says, I am God Almighty, whatever I'm promising you, no devil can stop it in your life. Any mountain that you may be facing, when you've got the Almighty God, he will make sure that you get your breakthrough in him. He says, I am God, I am El Shaddai, the almighty God. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless children. He says, by which I will guarantee. Only God can give a guarantee that cannot be annulled because he's the almighty God. At this, Abraham fell down on the ground 
Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I'm changing your name. It will no longer be Abraham. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and the kings will be among them. Thus saith Almighty God. Thus saith El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, the Almighty God, God who cares for us, God who sustains us, God who nourishes us. Let's go to Genesis chapter 49, verse 25 and 26 in the NLT. He said he revealed, in Exodus it says he revealed himself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai. So they knew him as El Shaddai. They knew him as a God who is more than enough. They knew him as the all-powerful God. But they also knew him as a God who sustains, God who nourishes. That's why we said that word shad is like from a breast for nourishing, for feeding. Okay? Now look at this. Genesis 49, 25 and 26 NLT. Mr. MJ, are you back online? Seems Let's like go. It. May the God of your father help you. Okay, this was Jacob pronouncing blessings over his children. Now when he came to Joseph, listen to this blessing upon the life of Joseph. May the God of your father help you. Yeah. May the Almighty bless you with the blessings of the heavens above. Okay, may who? The Lord Almighty. The Almighty. He knew him as El Shaddai. So he says, may Almighty bless you with blessings of heaven. Uh -huh. Above. And blessings of the watery depth below. And blessings of the breast and womb. Okay, just repeat that. What blessing? And blessings of the breast and womb. Are you getting something? Okay, he's not only the almighty God, but he's also a God who nourishes, a God who feeds us, like a mother nourishing the baby. So he says, may the God almighty, the God of your father, bless you with blessings of the heavens above, the blessings of the watery depth below, and blessings of the breast and the womb. May the blessing of your father surpass the blessing of ancient mountains, reaching to the heights of eternal hills. May these blessings rest on your head, on the head of Joseph, who is a prince among his brothers. Can I tell you that when you are blessed in the name of the Lord Almighty, El Shaddai, you are empowered to succeed wherever you go. Because that word blessing, it means empowered to succeed, empowered to prosper. The opposite of blessing is a curse. When you are cursed, you are empowered to fail. Whatever you try to do, it breaks down. But when you are empowered to succeed, whatever you lay your hands onto, you succeed. May you be blessed. 
in the name of the Lord Almighty. In Jesus' name. Receive your blessing. Speak it upon yourself. When I pronounce a blessing upon you, you are empowered. You receive your blessing. In Jesus' name. It works like that. So when Joseph, when Jacob here was talking to his children and pronouncing a blessing upon them, that was empowering them to succeed. That's what we do in the kingdom. We use words. When we pronounce words, we bless. But we can use words and pronounce words and we curse. How did Jesus curse the fig tree? That it never bore fruit. He spoke words. And he said, may no one eat fruit from you here after forever. And that tree withered straight away and never bore fruit. Because Jesus spoke a word that cursed that fig tree. Amen. If you also look at how Jesus operated when he would want something done, he just spoke a word and things would happen. And we are like Jesus here on the earth. You can also pronounce words with your mouth. But here if you look at Jacob pronouncing a blessing over his children, he says, may the blessing of your father it means there is also a blessing from the Father. Amen? So children, receive a blessing from your Father. Fathers, speak good words over your children. Pronounce blessings over them. Amen? Yes, do so. Because he says, may the blessing... You remember this same Jacob who was pronouncing blessing now over his children. You know how, what he did to get a blessing? He had to cheat because the blessing belonged to the firstborn son, who was Esau. But he knew the importance of a blessing. He knew the importance of a blessing. Some of you, you don't take it serious to make sure that you get a blessing. Amen? But also as we speak words over you. Even when babies are born, we need to speak a blessing over them. I speak a blessing as the man of God over them. Even upon what you do, you need a blessing. Amen. Can we go to Isaiah chapter 13, verse 6? Amplified classic. Isaiah 13, 6, amplified classic. <clears throat> the almighty God, the all-sufficient one. Amplified classic, Mr. MJ, Isaiah 13, 6. Wait, for the day of the Lord is at hand as, as destruction from the almighty and sufficient one shall die, will it come. Okay. Did you see two words there? Hmm? Almighty and sufficient one who is shall die. That one tra translated it for us, isn't it? So the pastor doesn't have to translate it for you. Because sometimes when the pastor says some things, and when we say something here from the pulpit, say, no, that's what the pastor is saying. I want you to look at it from what your Bible says. It says, the almighty, the sufficient one, in brackets, shall die. So when he is El Shaddai to me, he is the all-sufficient one. He is the almighty. He's everything that I need. Now, if you go to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9, 
Because God being a powerful God, he is not a powerful God for himself. He is a powerful God on our behalf. May his power be exerted and be seen in our lives. May it be that those who come against you will experience the might of the overpowerer. You remember when Saul, who later became Paul, was persecuting the church? You remember when he was struck down and he fell and the word said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And the words that followed, it will be hard for you to kick against the pricks. You know those words. It will be hard for you to kick against the thorns, to kick against the pricks. Because when you are fighting God's people or God's cause, you are like somebody who is kicking against the thorns. It's to your detriment. When you fight with those that have a covenant with God, it is to your detriment because you cannot overpower the overpowerer. You cannot overpower the almighty God who is on our side. Can we all say God is on my side? He is my almighty God. No enemy can defeat him. When I'm with the almighty, I'm well covered. I'm well protected. I have everything in him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's my almighty God. Amen. He is my almighty God. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. New King James Version. 2 Chronicles 16 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal, is loyal to him. Okay. He says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro upon the whole earth to do what? To show himself strong on behalf. So may God show himself strong on your behalf. But may your heart be loyal to him and fully committed to him so that when his eyes are moving to and fro upon the face of the earth, he may find you and show himself strong on your behalf. Amen. Whatever thing that you need the almighty for, may he be your almighty God. May he be your El Shaddai. May he be everything you need. Go to Matthew chapter 23 verse 37. Amplified classic. Matthew 23:37 amplified classic Oh Jerusalem <coughs> Jerusalem Mattering the prophets and stoning those who are sent to you How often will I have gathered your children together as a mother fowl gathers her brood under her wings and you refused. Okay. Can you see what God is saying here? He says, oh Jerusalem, how often would have I gathered your children together as a mother fowl, as a hen, 
covering her cheeks under her wings, but you refused. Okay, now, if you look at the cheek, again, I the hen, I told you the, some of the advantages of coming from rural area. Some of you just know, <laughs> you just eat chicken meat and you think it just comes like that. And you eat eggs, you just, they just come like that. Some of us who grew up in rural area, we know that hen, hens or chicken, they are alive and they would be running and all that and they lay eggs. But when a hen has got little ones, the chicks. Remember, I gave you another example the other time about how the hen protects her little ones. So if the hen sees a, a shade or a shadow of the hawk or a vulture, which may be looking for these little ones, what does the mother hen do? The mother hen, she, she makes a certain sound. Those of you, anybody from rural area? <laughs> okay. The, ma the, 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 the hen makes a certain sound. It's like, isn't it? And the chicks know what that sound means. What does that sound mean? There is danger, run to mommy. And then she does this. And what do the little ones do? They come. So the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The rushes run unto it and they are safe. So if those little ones <laughs> knew the Bible, they would be saying, we're running to mommy and we will be safe. Amen. Because she's our fortress. Okay? So she will do this and then the little ones will come there and she will cover them. God covers us like that. Amen. Now if I'm under the almighty, if I'm covered by God, no enemy can defeat me. Because even those vultures, those hawks that are looking for the chick, the mother hen is saying, I'm protecting these little ones. You cannot take them from me. If you want to take these little ones, you've got to get me first. That's the attitude of that mother. And do you know what the hawk or the vulture do? They don't. Once those little ones are there, it does nothing. Because the little ones are now safe. Do you know how much protected you are as a child of God? Do you know how much covered you are as a child of God? Do you know how much the Lord is your defense? And he is your almighty God. He is the all-powerful God. He is the overpowerer. But he says, I wanted to cover you, but you refused. So if you look at many people today, it's not that the grace of the Lord is not there. The grace of the Lord is there to protect us, to provide for us, to do good to us, but people refuse. How often do you hear people saying, leave me to live my life the way I want? Who are you to tell me how I must live? And you see that what they are doing, they are exposing themselves to the enemy. And the thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But still they will be exposing themselves to the enemy, and they are refusing the grace of the Lord. 
So he says, I wanted to cover you, but you refused. Can we go to Hebrews 3, 7 and 8, New King James Version? Hebrews 3, 7 and 8, New King James Version. Listen to this. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. So he says, don't harden your heart. Because he says, I wanted to preserve them. I wanted to protect them like that hen, but they refused. So God is reaching out to each one of us here. There may be some among us who have not as yet accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Don't refuse this free gift that the El Shaddai wants to protect you. El Shaddai wants to defend you. El Shaddai wants to be your all-powerful God. And he wants to give you everything you need. He is the overpowerer that anything that is coming against you, you've got God on your side. And no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Any tongue that raised up against you in judgment will be condemned. This is the heritage of the children of God. Enjoy your inheritance in Christ. So now, when we're talking about don't harden your hearts, it means the word of God. God wants to change your situation for the better. God changes our lives, but he also changes our situations. So we are here we all have different needs, isn't it? As you are here in this place, may God meet you at your point of need. He knows what you are going through. He knows how you're feeling. May he be your El Shaddai. May he continue to take care of you. May he continue to preserve you. May he continue to protect you. And those that are coming against you, may he overpower them on your behalf. The Bible says your enemies may come against you in one way. But they will be defeated and scattered in seven different ways. Because Jehovah is on your side. The Lord is your God. So as God is changing our situations, we need to acknowledge that. Go to Colossians. To Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 6. I love this one. We touched on this one last week. Colossians 1, 6. New Living Translation, NLT. Colossians 1, 6, NLT. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. Okay. So the good news that came to you is going out all over the world. Mm. I've received the good news. Mm. But the same good news now is going out all over the world. Some of us were here yesterday and going out and reaching out, spreading the good news. So that the good news that has come to you may it also go to others. And what does the good news do? It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. So the good news is bearing fruit by changing lives. Amen. You know that it doesn't matter how much we put legislations and, and laws. You know the level of violence and criminality in South Africa? 
It's so much. And you look at all the things that people do against each other. It's so much. Now, we will blame our courts and our justice system and everything. But there is not much that they can do as human beings. The real thing you need is change of hearts. Where you find a person like Saul. How many of you know Saul who later became Paul? How was he before? <laughs> he was rough. When Stephen was killed for the gospel, he was helping the people who were killing Stephen. But after he had an encounter with the Lord, his life was completely changed. And he became a mafia for Christ. Amen. So we need some of the mafias. We need some of those gang bosses to become gang bosses for Christ. Amen. Amen. So when the Lord changes your life, you come now to the Lord and you become the mafia for Christ. Amen. Amen. So it says the word, the good news, changes lives. It changed our lives, but it's bearing fruit by changing lives everywhere. Just as it changed your life from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. May we treasure this good news that goes out to change lives. And the good news has changed my life. Can you tell your neighbor the good news has changed my life? Yeah. I am what I am today because of the grace of God. Some of you, if it were not for the good news, ha, people sitting to, next to you, you would find you are sitting alone and everybody it's sitting far from you. You remember the very same soul that I told you about. You remember after he was struck down and then who was going, supposed to help him? Ananias. You remember the story? When God said to Ananias, Saul is coming, help him. <laughs> what did Ananias say and do? Because Ananias started telling God, do you know how cruel this man is? Do you know what this man is doing to your people? It's almost like now you are sacrificing me, God. And God said, he's a changed man now. He's in your team now. Amen. And you remember when Saul came there, why did Ananias, his first words? Brother Saul. Amen. Check it in your Bible. Yeah. In the book of Acts chapter 9. So he says, brother Saul. Because now he was a changed man. Amen. So I'm saying when this gospel, the good news is going out there and changing lives. We all become brothers and sisters. Amen. So it doesn't matter your background. But now you are brother Saul. Amen. Amen. You are somebody today because of the good news. And the good news has changed us. The good news has changed me. So don't reject the good news. Don't reject what God is offering you. Go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. So we are preparing to land so that we give a bit of time just to still say Happy Mother's Day to all of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 9 and 10, New King James Version. Because Paul knew what the grace of God has done to him so that he can be a changed person. But when he had an encounter with El Shaddai, the overpowering God, the almighty God, 
He had to be a changed man. But then he became one of the greatest apostles that ever lived. Do you know that the majority of the New Testament books were written by Paul? Huh? Those of you who know, most of them were written by Paul, Amen. who was among the murderers before. But when a murderer come against the Almighty God, about against the overpowering God, he gets subdued and become an instrument in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. The gospel changes our lives. Amen. 1 Corinthians 59 and 10, New King James Version. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church you of see God. What Paul says. He says, I may be Paul now. I actually am the least of the apostles because I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church of God. But why are you an apostle today, Paul? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen. Can we all say by the grace of God? I am what I am. Tell your neighbor, don't worry about my background. Don't worry about my past. I may have been a soul, but now I'm a Paul. Amen. Amen. All because of God's grace. He says, I, by the grace of God, I am what I am today. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So children of God, we usually miss it out because we usually want to do things on our own. When God's grace is actually sufficient for us. Anything that you encounter, may you depend on God's grace. Because sometimes we think, no, I actually just did this and this, I worked that, I did this and this, that's why things ended up like this. Not usually. Usually it's because of God's grace. How many people have worked so hard and things didn't work out for them? So for you it had to be the grace of God. How many people passed away during COVID time? But you're still here. You are a living testimony. You survived even COVID. Amen. Amen. So you are who you are by the grace of God. And I want this grace to keep on carrying me even to other mountains that are still ahead of me. I know what God has done for me and he will keep on being my El Shaddai. Let's conclude with 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17 to 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 to 21. New King James Version. I will read it because I want us to look at this and understand it better. This portion of scripture is a loaded scripture. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Okay. Anyone who is in Christ among us, can you raise your hand? Amen. 
Those who are not in Christ yet, don't worry. After this, I'll give you a chance to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But anyone who is in Christ, may you raise your hand, please. Amen. So now, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. How does it feel to be new? Amen. Anything new. You know, I like talking about this when I think of the word new. If you've got an old house and you renovate it, it looks new. But is it new? Eh? Is it really new? No, it's just renovated. Now, when you are in Christ, you are not a renovation. Tell your neighbor, when I'm in Christ, I'm not a renovation. I'm a brand new person in Christ. Actually, the Bible scholars, for that word new creation, they use the word new species of being. Those of you who do a bit of study, when we say a species, represent that species, that species. So you are a species that never existed before. So when he says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Amen. It means you cannot still talk about what I did when I was in the world. Because I'm a new person. Amen. 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 Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. This word of reconciliation that has been given to us is the same word that we're taking out over the world. It's going out all over the world and changing lives. And changing the souls to become the pause. Changing those that have been written off to become the somebodies in this world. This is what my God does. You remember the orphan called Esther? Eh? She did not even have parents. She was raised up by her uncle Mordecai. But what did she become? A queen. For that matter, in a foreign land. You see, it's like, it's almost like you are, you are, I you're making it very difficult for the devil that you, you, beside being a queen, you say, I will actually be a queen even in a foreign land. So that the enemy will feel this has to be God. Amen? But if God can do that, if God can take an orphan who had no parents, who was raised up by an uncle, and she became a queen. What can God not do for you? Amen? So, your future is bright, irrespective of what your background is like. Because some of you are still holding a grudge against your father. Our father left us when we were still young. That's bad. The father was not supposed to do that. But can that imprison you for the whole of your life? Huh? You need to be like Jabez. You remember this man called Jabez? 
His mother had named him Jabez. That name Jabez means sorrow maker or pain. But when he grew up, he said, Oh Lord, if you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territories and keep me free from pain. Bless me indeed. And God granted him his request. So it means my background doesn't really matter. I can be somebody in this world. The Lord's blessing can be upon my life. And the Bible says, and God answered him his request. God granted him his request. So it means we can be somebody's today because of the grace of God. Now he says, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. How many of you know what an ambassador is? Anybody? I didn't say how many of you are ambassadors. I said how many of you know what an ambassador is? Which seems like a simple term. Ambassadors? You want me to explain what an ambassador is? <laughs> because it seems half of you don't know what an ambassador is. So how, do, how will you become an ambassador for Christ if you can't even know what an ambassador is? Okay, just a little bit. Ambassadors are people who are deployed to certain countries to represent their original country. Okay? So, let's take simple, simple ones. Because some of you usually will look at you look at America, the United Kingdom, and you think they are affluent nations and that. So imagine an American ambassador in South Africa, despite the few things that have been happening over the past few days. So if he's an American ambassador in South Africa, is he a South African? Huh? He remains an American. Okay? How does he get provided for? Who provides for him? Does he get provided for in rents? Uh-uh. He's an ambassador. He's still an American. So his needs are met according to their government. How does he get protected? Ambassador, you, build, you represent your place. You are taken care of by your government. So now, imagine I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. How should I feel? Great. Then when I have a need, and my God shall supply all my needs, According my God does not supply my needs according to a gray listed South African economy. So that's why for me, whether it's gray listed, white listed, red listed, or whatever, it doesn't do change anything about my needs. Okay? 
I'm not saying I don't mind that it's grey listed, but it doesn't change my lot in life. Because how does my how do my needs get met? From our kingdom. So if you are an ambassador, if you are you are a child of God, depend on God. Then you will speak like David when he says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." Because I'm an ambassador. When I'm an ambassador and I'm driving my car and the enemy wants to kill me in an accident, you find that the brakes of maybe another truck get loose or somebody's drunk. Now they come with their truck against your small car. I'm an ambassador. My kingdom has got to make sure that I'm protected. Amen. Amen. And the good thing with my kingdom is, you know the problem with the systems of this world, the system of protection of this world. Again, it's like the gods of this world. I told you that our God is everything, isn't it? Now, did you know that for this world, you need something to protect you against people who are coming physically against you? You need something else to protect you against wizards and witches. You need something else to protect you. I don't know if there's something to protect against accidents, but it's again a different thing. The other thing, again a different thing. But for me, he is all I need. My God is everything. Amen. Amen. So it means even when that truck is coming against you, don't use your words to destroy you. Don't say, we are all dead now. You need to say, Jesus! Amen. You remember I told you last, I think two weeks back, I said when we grew up, if you were falling, who was the first person to call? Maui! Maui! It was mommy! So, can we change that Maui into Jesus? Amen. It means, you remember when Jesus was about to be captured? when they were coming with swords and all those things. He says, you're coming against me like I'm a criminal. I decide to lay down my life. He said, if I didn't, after Peter cut the ear of one of the, 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 the high priest's servants, Jesus said, Peter, put back your sword in its place. Don't you know that if I didn't want to die, I could have called upon my father and my father would have dispatched a legion of angels to protect us. I'm deciding to lay down my life. That's a good way to live. Where you know that the angel of the Lord encamps around me and he delivers me. The angel of the Lord protects me. Wherever I go, I know that God is my protector. God is the overpowering God. So that when the enemies come against me, he fights for me. He protects me. He covers me because I'm an ambassador. Then he says, as though God was pleading through us, we employ you on Christ's behalf. So as an ambassador, I also talk for my kingdom. And I speak like my people. So you are ambassadors. 
when you go out there in the world, don't speak like people of the world. Speak like somebody who belongs to the kingdom of God. Amen. When you come to people and people are feeling down and feeling depressed, be a source of hope to them. Be a source of hope to them. May they feel better after they were with you. Amen. Amen. Verse 21. And I conclude. For he made him who knew no sin to be seen for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let me again explain that one. So Jesus was fully God. When he was born here on earth, he did not even sin. He knew no sin. But we were sinners. But because God wanted to win us to him, and because Adam had sinned, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because of Adam's disobedience, we became sinners through that. But Jesus came and he had to be a substitute for me. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So if I accept Jesus, he takes my sin away and he gives me his righteousness. So today I can stand without any guilt because my sin has been taken away and God has clothed me with his righteousness. So if you are here today and you say, maybe you are even angry about yourself. You know some people would even hate themselves because of what you did. You even hate yourself. You should be the first person to love you. Amen. Because God loves you. And as God loves you, love yourself in the love of God. Even if people have rejected you, God says, I will never reject you. So I'm making this call, as we've landed now. If there's any among us here, you know you have not as yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The many things that I've been speaking about here, you say, I wish I had a relationship with the God that you're talking about, Pastor. How can I have access to that God? I'm going to pray with you. And help you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The worship team, you can come to the fore. So, if there is any among us who wants to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as, as the rest of us stand up, I'm going to ask you to come to the fore so that I can pray with you and guide you in accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior so that you can know him as the almighty God. So that you can know him as a God who cares for you. So that you can know him as a God who is concerned about you. Who wants to take care of you. 